Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast today. These podcasts are brought to you in part by our sponsors, who really truly are what make these podcasts possible every week. O'Fallon Nutrition is a company that I've worked with for over 15 years. They're independently owned and operated, located here in O'Fallon, Missouri, right off of Highway K and Mexico Road. I call this place the Whole Foods of St. Charles County, but even if you are not located on this side of the river, it is still worth the drive. I can remember working all the way down at Powerhouse and still sending people out to O'Fallon Nutrition for their supplements. They are more than a supplement company. You can get grass-fed beef, salad dressing, seasoning for your cooking, uh, hair care products, makeup, uh, deodorant, toothpaste, uh, essential oils, and all the vitamins and minerals that you can think of. If you're looking for clean, whole food nutrition, as well as home care, house care, skin care products, O'Fallon Nutrition is your place. You can take a look at them at O'FallonNutrition.com. Or if you'd like to have something shipped, if you're listening to me from outside of St. Louis, you can certainly have items shipped. I know they do free shipping if it's an order over $50. And the phone number is 636-240-5283. Again, it's O'FallonNutrition.com. As well as if um, preparing your food on a weekly basis is your primary excuse for why you're not able to stay on a good clean eating program, which is something that I hear very regularly from my clients, I would ask you to please take the time to check out Pure Plates. It's pureplatesstl.com. They are a phenomenal place. We get our food from there during the week. They deliver to our integrity location. They will deliver to your house. Uh, They also uh, are just available for pickup. You can go to their Chesterfield location or their Kirkwood location and just pick up meals for the day as well as um, just having them delivered right to your door. So if preparing your food is your main excuse for why you cannot stay on a healthy eating program, then I would suggest just stop by Pure Plates. Just try it. If you're trying to lower your blood pressure, you're trying to lower your cholesterol, you're trying to get your blood sugar down, try to do Pure Plates meals for a week and just see how different you feel. These are organic meals. They are gluten-free. If you need them to be, they can be dairy-free. They are soy-free. You're not taking any processed sugars or meat curing agents or preservatives. They really truly believe in nutrient dense meals that are just whole food nutrition. And I've had my clients or have made recommendations for my clients for years at Pure Plates. It's pureplatesstl.com or you can call them to ask questions at 636-778-3555. Again, remembering that they have a location in Chesterfield as well as in Kirkwood that you can just run by and pick up a meal today. <laughs> well, thank you guys for being Sorry. here. I'm going to give you a quick two-second uh, repeat, just for the new people that came in, of what I had uh, kind of mentioned when, when everyone had first arrived here. Um, I actually initially um, started working in the financial <coughs> services industry. I worked for Edward Jones when I was 17. Uh, they put me through college, and uh, I continued to work in the financial services industry. Um, worked as an operations manager, continued to study that in college, woke up one day in an ambulance because I had passed out at my house and spent the next two years trying to figure out how to live again. I just could not figure out what was wrong with me. My health had declined significantly. I wasn't taking care of myself. I was drinking a martini every single night before I went to bed. I was eating uh, candy bars. Got it? Yep. Okay. 
I was eating candy bars to get through the day, drinking coffee, and just really simply wasn't taking care of myself. Um, had absolutely no idea what good nutrition or, or proper nutrition even was. Um, and then kind of spent a two-year journey not really being able to fulfill what I had in terms of career desires because I was so sick. You know, I couldn't get beyond where I was. And I went to, and I kind of explained this earlier, I went to 22 different doctors, all practical medicine doctors, and couldn't get a diagnosis, couldn't come up with a single thing. Finally had a friend suggest to go to a homeopathic doctor and then a functional medicine doctor. And right, right off the bat, they ran a different blood panel than had ever been ran on me and determined I had an autoimmune disease. Uh, so I spent two years basically doing all the wrong things and um, having whatever I was taking in my body attack, you know, attack myself. And I was becoming worse and worse and worse, having no idea that what I was doing or what I was taking in was actually causing anything. So at that point, uh, one of the doctors that I worked with really focused on nutrition. And I kind of would, you know, leave discouraged. You know, I would think, um, are they ever going to try to talk medicine with me? You know, I'm spending a lot of money. This isn't covered by insurance. You're always talking about food. No, but I'd go home and I'd do everything he said. And then, like I told you guys earlier, in a month, um, I started feeling normal again. You know, I had spent two years thinking I was going to die. I got down to 87 pounds. I thought I was going to die. Uh, I figured out, I, I read the whole Bible from front to, to end. I had never done that. I didn't go to church. I didn't pray. I didn't know anything about church. But I, I genuinely thought I was going to die. So I went ahead and read it, you know, because I'm like, we got to figure out where I'm going if I'm going to die. And then I, you know, I basically got to a point where I'm like, I got to do everything these people say, because if I don't, I, I'm not really sure I'm going to end up being okay. Started eating exactly as they told me to eat. And like I said, within about a month, after two years, I was starting to feel normal again. Blood sugar was normal. Used to have to put food on the side of my bed to even have enough energy to walk downstairs. I couldn't make it down my stairs. Um, I was always shaky. I was always having migraines. I was always getting stomach aches. I had skin issues. I had just about everything you could think of. There probably isn't anything I haven't gone through at some point. Instead of taking a bunch of medicine, I just changed my food. Instead of taking a bunch of supplements, I just changed my food and it completely changed my life. So at that point, I thought, all right, send me to school. I went to all these doctors. Tell me what I can do. How can I help people with this? I've been an athlete my entire life. I started, my dad started hiring personal trainers for me in the sixth grade. Okay, I was a gymnast. I, I've, I played every sport that there was. And at no point with all of those years of personal training, no one approached my food. Not, not a single one of them. They didn't ask, you know, well, is it, you know, or do you have the right amount of carbs? Do you have the right amount of fats? Do you have the right amount of protein? How many times a day are you eating? How much candy are you eating? How much, you know, soda do you drink? Not, not a single one of them. And I spent my whole young adult life eating the way I guess my parents thought was right for me, but they didn't know either. So they weren't even educating my parents. I could have been a better athlete than what I was. And that's frustrating to me because I put a lot of time and energy. I practiced all the time. I was always that kid that was hitting the ball up against the wall in the basement because I wanted to be better. I was always dribbling in the basement because I wanted to be better. My food could have made me better, could have made me more focused and I just didn't have the answer. 22 practical medicine doctors didn't give me the answer. And it wasn't until I went an alternative approach and actually went into functional medicine and found someone that could, you know, give me that knowledge. So when I tried to learn and I said, where's the certification? What's the degree? 
what do I need? How can I learn about food? The crazy thing was that learning to, or studying to become a registered dietitian meant I would be working out of a food pyramid that for the most part is basically um, created by our society. And it's, it's not really a genuine representation of how a person can remain healthy and eat. You ever seen a South Park episode on no. <laughs> yeah. You can't yeah. You send it to me. Yeah. <laughs> the joke is you had to take the whole parapet and create an inverse. Right. The whole thing's a scam. It, it self represents it. No humor. Right. Right. It's the truth, yeah. though. You know, and so I went to registered dietitians and was doing exactly what they said. I was consuming the grains that they asked me to consume. I consumed all the dairy that they asked me to consume. I did everything they told me to do because I'm diligent like that made me more sick. It created more antibodies in my body. So maybe you guys are not dealing with autoimmune disease. Maybe you're dealing with high blood pressure. Maybe you're dealing with high cholesterol. Maybe you deal with joint pain, gut issues, skin issues, allergies, or maybe you're lucky enough to not deal with any of those. I want to talk to you today about how your food can impact all of that. And I just want you to learn and understand that eating healthy isn't always about counting your calories and counting your carbohydrates and counting your fats and working off of a macronutrient profile. You know, sometimes it's about just understanding that whatever you're going to put in your body, it needs to be real. It needs to be whole. And for me, for so many years, I didn't. I used whatever food was the most processed and the easiest to get my hands on because that was all I had time for. You know, I got to work at 6 a.m. When I worked in the financial industry, I got to work at 6 a.m. because I wanted to be the first one there. I wanted to be promoted. I wanted to be a partner. And I was the last one to leave. I stayed at 6 p.m. That's what I was told to do. I don't know. Someone told me that at 17, and I listened. And I always wore nice clothes, and I wanted people to see me, but I was killing myself. I didn't take care of myself. Again, having no idea what would that have looked like, how could I have ordered my lunch differently, what could I have brought as my snacks? There was no one there with the knowledge. And even with going to the primary care physicians and having them send me to registered dietitians, I still wasn't getting better. I in fact got worse. After working with you know those dietary recommendations, I went from 87 pounds to almost 150 pounds. I was a size 10. I've never been more than a size zero in, or a two. Like, depending upon where you shop, if you're a female, you know, like you might be a zero zero at one place and this place makes it so different that you're a two. I've never been anything more than that my entire life. And it happened in a very short period of time, like not a year. I mean, we're talking maybe a quarter, if not just two to three months that I put all that weight on. I, I, I wasn't eating bad. I was eating all the whole grains. I was eating all the dairy. Nothing was chocolate, candy, anything, because I would get sick if I ate like that. I would have a blood sugar drop, so I couldn't eat it. So I was just eating the food pyramid style diet that I was recommended and told, and I put that much weight on. So ultimately, those foods were just completely attacking me. So I've eliminated those foods, and now I'm at a place where I can control inflammation in my body by watching the types of foods that I bring in. Now, there's some things that are out of my control. I might go out to eat. They might have something on the food. I might feel sick for a couple of days, or I might be swollen for a couple of days. From an autoimmune you know, standpoint, that's life. Anyone in here deal with an autoimmune condition? No? no. You're lucky. Really? You're lucky. But it is, su it is super common. 
Oh, your mom does? Yeah, rheumatoid arthritis, lupus, uh, Hashimoto's disease is probably one of the most popular because a lot of people have a hypothyroid and don't realize that there's actually an autoimmune component to it. You can be living with hypothyroid and maybe not have a blood test run for your antibody levels and not actually realize that there's an actual immune component to it. So when you're thinking about how to build a foundation of health, the first thing you want to think about is controlling your blood sugar, controlling insulin patterns. So insulin is the most anabolic hormone that you can have in your body. Can I say real quick? Sure. I didn't introduce you. Yeah. Um, all this stuff is hard to hold on to sometimes. One thing to remember, if you have any interest, she can do nutrition uh, remotely. So like, I know if I was in Atlanta, I'm listening to this, it's gonna be really hard to build this on your own. We're gonna give you a cookbook and things like that, handouts, those help. But just remember, like, if you're interested, she can, right? You can yeah, do this I do a five month okay. program. I spend at least probably 30% of my day every day on the phone. Okay. So people all over the country, I've done it for, I, I've been doing nutrition for over 15 years, but I've been doing it by phone or by Skype or something like that for <coughs> at least 10 years of that. You would help someone and they would have a friend or a mother or a father or someone in Florida and they really want them to get helped and you just figure it out. We just had uh, our local news station come last Is week. That kind of I was gonna ask you. Yeah, he was what? from Springfield. He drove in, he's lost over 200 pounds in 14 months and, and he still needs to lose another 100 pounds. So I've never met him. So when he drove in to do the commercial for me, it was like such a blessing that he was willing to do it. He lived in Springfield, Missouri, which, you know, isn't terribly far, but it's far enough. And I was, I hugged him. I was so happy to meet him finally, but we've talked every three weeks for the past year and a half, basically. So now I, you know, I love the fact that I've been able to have a face-to-face -face meeting with you guys for sure. So you can kind of link, you know, who you're talking to, but by all means, if you were to have a family member or a friend or a coworker or something, I could certainly help. I do a five month program. So I need the five months because we're really working at understanding how your body metabolizes food. Do you want to get so, into a little bit? Do you still do the group ones too? Because some we, of these guys are in the same city and some aren't. We do. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I do uh, private groups here, but we do group nutrition all the time, you know, so, if, and that could be something as simple as three of you that, you know, have a time every three weeks that we can connect together and everyone can connect at the same time, especially if you were in the same office. You know, we would block an hour every three weeks and we would just sit there and dive in. You guys would, of course, be discussing your, you know, problems to get together collectively, your success, how you're doing, you know, where you want to go, your goals, that sort of thing. What I train is lifestyle change. I don't, I love short-term goals and I, and I help people all the time. I want everyone to be a better performer. I have pictures and trophies and posts of people that I've helped. I mean, this whole entire gym is... Folks that we've helped to get healthier, all these pictures, you know, they're, they're all personal issues. But what I like is that when I get you to that trophy, what do you do after the trophy? You know, how are you going to live it? You know, and if you don't live it beyond that trophy, then I really didn't do my job. So I want you to learn the, the function behind food and that it is fuel for your body. It's not entertainment, um, although we use it for entertainment. And it really shouldn't be looked at that way, you know, because unfortunately it creates disease typically when it's overconsumed. So starting with that foundation of blood sugar, understanding that insulin is the most anabolic hormone in your body. So we want to be able to control it and use it to our advantage, but we don't want to have it in excess. So it's very important that we're not creating insulin spikes all throughout the day. Anytime your blood sugar spikes, you want to think of that as if someone stuck a gun in your mouth. 
and they shot that gun off and the bullet is bouncing around inside of you and it's basically bruising you. It's almost like a pinball, all right? So that internal bruising is inflammation. So every time we have an insulin spike, we create more internal inflammation and it can become systemic over time when we keep creating an insulin spike. Well, what would create an insulin spike? Uncontrolled blood sugar and not having a protected palate. So if I look at your plate and it's full of noodles and that's it, maybe a little bit of cheese on top of the noodles or a little bit of tomato sauce on top of the noodles, we're going to have a single nutrient meal at that point, right? And we're going to build our blood sugar, but because we don't have any fat or any protein to protect the fall of the blood sugar, going to have a spike and at the very same time we're going to have a, a, a significant drop. So ideally what we want is for your blood sugar to basically not go below 80, okay? And we don't really want it to go above 120, all right? So you're trying to find a formula to get into that sweet spot. If you so were, how would we know? You're going to know by how you feel and I'm going to kind of explain that to you. If you were working with me, this is my job. So you don't even have to worry about it. You just eat what I tell you to eat. And, and all that and that formula and that will put you in that sweet spot. And if you call me and tell me that you're hungry an hour after you eat or you're foggy or you're craving a certain food or you're having certain symptoms, I know that you're no longer in that sweet spot. So I know how that shifted. Most people are walking around very insulin sensitive. So that's why they're always looking for honey in this and balsamic on that and a little bit of artificial sweetener in with that. Nothing really tastes quite sweet enough because they're always kind of looking for that next insulin build. They're running off of an insulin furnace. I usually try to teach people and train people to run off of a fat furnace, not ketosis. And I, there's nothing wrong with ketosis and it certainly has healed a lot of people and helped a lot of people I've worked with, but I'm not speaking on ketosis when I say fat furnace. I just want your body to utilize fat efficiently for your energy source. Because if you're constantly trying to run off insulin, you'll just go flat. As soon as you run out of carbs, you'll be flat as a pancake. And if you're in the middle of a tournament, or if you're in the middle of a race, or if you're in the middle of your workday, and you're in the middle of a long meeting, and you need to be sharp, and you're leading the meeting, and all of a sudden, the carbs you had at lunch have now just emptied, and you don't have any fat in there, you don't have any protein in there, you're going flat. And there's nothing you can do to rebuild that until you replace the insulin. That's why a marathon runner runs around with a goo pack in, in, their, in their hands because they ran, out of, they ran out of glycogen, so they're trying to rebuild it. We can get a person to run more off of fat then we can sustain them better throughout their day. So that's what helps us to get in that sweet spot. But the key is balanced nutrients. And it's also in creating somewhat of a pattern of consistency. So if you're eating, let's say, and, and I fast every day for half the day, so I'm not saying you have to have breakfast, but let's say you're eating first thing, then here, then here, then here, then here. What we've done is we've taught the body, when are we gonna have an insulin response? So now it's getting to where it's kind of like, okay, I'm not going to be starving today because he's actually going to feed me or she's actually going to feed me at this time. Oh, and three hours later when the blood sugar starts to go down, they're going to feed me again. That's kind of what they're doing every day. Six o'clock, <coughs> nine o'clock, 12 o'clock, three o'clock, six o'clock. It seems like it's working that way. You become more efficient that way just as any other area of your life. You create a discipline for your blood sugar. Your blood sugar knows how to better equip you, right? Does that make sense? It makes a really big difference. Even if you were 
eating bad food, but you're eating the same amount of bad food at the same time, you would feel the same amount of bad. You wouldn't actually get worse and worse and worse, right? Does that make sense? You would kind of stay pretty steady where you are. So what we want to do is create balance at these times though. What will build your blood sugar to give you immediate energy? Carbohydrates. So we want good quality carbohydrates because we want to fuel your brain, we want to fuel your eyes, we want you to be alert, we want you to feel ready for your day. No problem. We're not going to cut the carbs. But then because they're short term, we have to find a formula for you to sustain that energy that those carbohydrates create. So that's where our fat comes in and that's where our protein comes in. So if I build, okay, my carbs, I've got that good energy. If I just grab that banana and run out the door and I don't have any peanut butter with it and I didn't throw a scoop of protein in my water and drink it as I walked out to the car, I just had the banana, that's where I'm at. My energy just falls off and I end up spiking my blood sugar. So we're looking at an inflammatory response, ultimately just from having that banana over time. It's not even a bad food. You know, now if I go ahead and have a bagel or a donut that's packed with sugar, then I'm really building my blood sugar and I'm really building it fast and there's no protein, there's no fat to protect it. And I'm going to, you know, dump it down just as fast. And there's a whole host of symptoms that are going to happen from that. So what we want is as we're doing that slow build, oh, here comes the protein. It's going to extend me this long. Here comes the fat and that's my long-term extension so that my blood sugar looks more like this instead of like this. When someone comes in to work with me, I cut this part out and I cut this part out. So I keep them at that steady pace. There are so many diseases that can be controlled just by eliminating this and this. High blood pressure, high cholesterol, inflammation in the body, just any general inflammatory disease can be controlled so much easier just by controlling that. Uh, uh, I've seen a lot of older people now walking around with these huge um, impression stuff. Yeah, what is it? Lymphedemia. Is that coming from lifestyle or genetic? <laughs> well, I mean, there's probably always a genetic component that you could and say that that, you know, well, their father did this and their father did that. I'm kind of weird about genetics. Thing is, the way I always thought is, look, my dad's dad told him to eat a raw potato before he ran at school, right? So my dad told me to eat a raw potato before I went to basketball practice. So right now, if I ate a raw potato, I would feel like crud, okay? So genetics, to some extent, we've created those genetics over time because we made a series of choices as a family. And you know how your family cooks, they cook that way their whole life. Your grandma taught your mom. That's just sort of a process. So in some ways, maybe genetics, but yet we kind of created some of those genetics, especially when it comes to food, okay? So when we think about something like lymphedemia, yes, that is by all means created by taking in poisonous ingredients, you can't pronounce what's on your food, your body doesn't recognize it, it's gonna throw off your lymphatic system, and when your, your lymphatic system gets thrown off, it doesn't drain. There's also a structural component to lymphedemia. I mean, if you are compressed in multiple areas structurally, your, your lymph system isn't going to drain properly. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, there's another component to understanding inflammation and what happens when you have too many insulin spikes. So we think about how can I get healthier and just feel better every day and less inflamed? Blood sugar control. When we have too many insulin spikes, we also tax our liver. 
and at some point our liver basically just starts sending warning signals and it starts signaling the body and it starts saying what are you doing stop eating that stop eating that i told you that last time you ate it stop eating that don't drink it this time of night i told you that by the horrible headache you had the next day i've been warning you and warning you and you're not listening right and eventually the liver will become quite toxic and it can become very fatty. Therefore, you end up with high cholesterol and be on a medication for that. It's a histamine build in the body. So too many insulin spikes can create a larger histamine build in the body as well, as well as high histamine producing foods. So if we're taking in a lot of high histamine producing foods, we're setting ourselves up for a scenario where we will have more allergies, more skin issues, more gut issues, more joint inflammation, regular occurring symptoms that you would take an antacid, an anti-inflammatory, or some type of antihistamine for can most likely be controlled when you control the amount of high histamine producing foods you take in and when you control those insulin spikes. Coupling those two together, you can neutralize your body. So what are high histamine producing foods? The highest histamine producing food you can eat is dairy. There's none higher. That doesn't mean you can't eat it, and that doesn't mean that everyone has an issue from it, but it does mean that it is the highest histamine producing food you can have, so period. So if you truly are dealing with issues like allergies, or if you really are having some joint issues, or if you've dealt with psoriasis or eczema, something along those lines, or gut issues that you just can't get to the bottom of, you need to take the dairy out for a little while. Take it out for three weeks, yeah. Do you mean that dairy creates a Reaction yes. Body that release yes, absolutely. Yes. That everybody's different. So some Everybody. people release a lot to dairy, some people don't. Absolutely. Some people will have a terrible antibody response to it. Some people, not that big of a deal. You know, however, for the most part, with it being the highest histamine producing food, everyone to some extent is building a little bit of histamine from dairy. They just are. You know, now. Yes, yeah. That's the highest histamine. So like lactose intolerance? Yes. Yes, and then it's also just all the other garbage that's in dairy too. I mean, it's it's terrible sugars. It's horrible hormones. It's just a lot of poor ingredients that get coupled with it. The best way to determine could that potentially be causing you an issue is just to pull it out. Pull out the cheese, pull out the whey protein, right? Pull, pull out the, the, the yogurt, you know, pull out the ice cream, right? Do it for three weeks. How often can you bring it back? It's not cheese. Well, it depends on the person, really. If you pull it out for three weeks and truly see a significant difference, then you have to recognize that that is a sensitivity. What we've learned to do is just to kind of ignore sensitivities because until we really hit that blood marker and someone tells us we're, we have an allergy, doesn't matter, right? Well, or until we either have a sensitivity, we have an allergy, or we have an antibody response, which is an autoimmune component. We're just ignoring sensitivities, but those sensitivities can turn into allergies, which can turn into autoimmune conditions. So we really want to try to pay attention to that, especially if you're dealing with symptoms. You know, most especially if you're not breaking your food down well, if you're truly not digesting like you should, if you find yourself just feeling so many different, you know, symptoms that you can't really link to and you're taking a couple medications for it, you can't really get to the bottom of it, cut it out. Now, also you'd want to consider gluten, soy, corn, those are your high histamine producing foods. 
It doesn't mean you're not going to ever eat a grain for as long as you live, but the gliadin protein in gluten causes an opiate response for the brain. So if you're really truly struggling with anxiety, attention deficit, depression, or really just any kind of gut issue, skin issue, you've got to think about eliminating gluten. I mean, I personally never recommend gluten. And that doesn't mean that I just send someone to a gluten-free diet because a lot of those foods are just made with high starch, high carbohydrate, quick to convert to sugar foods that are not necessarily good for you. If someone was truly struggling with some of, some of the issues that come from gluten, most especially anxiety, depression, or attention deficit, I would put them on a Mediterranean-style diet, paleo-Mediterranean-style diet, where you really weren't consuming a lot of grains, but you're consuming a lot of great quality fats, proteins, vegetables, fruits, things like that. So trying to get off gluten is a really tough thing for folks because it has the opiate response. You'll have a seven-day, probably, five to seven-day withdrawal from removing gluten from your system. I work with people that have schizophrenia, completely changes their life. One person actually has a job now because they removed gluten from their diet. Gluten was completely destroying them, you know, on a regular basis. But understand as you take it out, you're going to feel the <coughs> effect of it being removed. Are you just like very trial and error, or is it easier or more efficient to just like a blood panel on and then see Problem is the blood panel wouldn't necessarily say that. It really wouldn't. That would only tell you if you had an allergy. You can have a sensitivity to gluten all day long and have a dozen responses from it, and the blood test could say nothing, unfortunately. And without going to a functional medicine doctor, a functional medicine doctor will assess all of those sensitivities and actually work something with that. Practical doctor, they're not really equipped or trained to assess sensitivities. They're just identifying if you have an allergy or if you have an antibody response that's creating a disease. All right, so swelling in the body, feeling like you're up by five to 10 pounds. You still have one more chair, right? Hey, how are you guys? Feeling like you're up by five to 10 pounds after a weekend, okay? Let's say it was a wedding or, I don't know, you had family in town or a business you know, scenario where you actually went to a, a convention and you had to eat all of their food and it was just <laughs> opposite of what you would normally eat. And Monday morning, you just don't feel good. You don't want to go to work. You're, you're just not focused. You can't get back in the game. You know, you're kind of snapping at people. You're just not where you want to be. And you feel like you're five to 10 pounds up. You're swollen everywhere and you can't figure out why. You're not digesting things the way that you should. Something happened in that bank of foods that created that internal inflammation. And it not only created that internal inflammation, but it created that internal histamine response that's building that fluid retention that you're having. Whenever someone starts to lose weight, they start a healthier approach and they drop that first five to 10 pounds, a lot of times they'll say, well, that's just water. So, you know, not that big a deal. It's actually the most dangerous fluid that the body can hold because that's what's keeping a person on blood pressure medication. They, they, don't, they should not have that fluid on them. That's why they have to take that diuretic to get their blood pressure to go back down so that they can get that fluid off that's being caused from what's creating the inflammation. Does that make sense? So we care about blood sugar control first, foremost. It is the main hub. You wanna look at your plate and say, is this designed to spike my blood sugar and then collapse my blood sugar? Or is this designed to balance me and make me feel like I have good sustainable energy for the rest of the day? Imagine a soldier 
I always, well, and it's because of Joe, but I always follow Jocko. I love his books. I, I love his podcast. But I love the fact that he he is not afraid to talk about nutrition and the importance of nutrition. He's probably had to realize that in so many scenarios that he's been in. Your focus and your long-term energy is going to come from what you're fueling your body with. You know, and if we're in a situation where we know we have to go the next six hours in a meeting, we have to make sure that meal that we're going to have before that is going to be comprised of all those right nutrients to really keep that focus. And in fact, there are some executives that truly will fast through a process because they know how much food can affect their brain and their clarity and they'll actually feel more clear from the fasting. And they'll down-regulate as soon as they bring the food in, even if it's, you know, an effective meal, they'll still down-regulate a little bit. So just understand that. So another component that you rarely hear a lot of talk about is the brain component. And why I write things down, I have no idea. It just makes me happy. So it may or may not help you guys, but it helps me. So when you think about your brain, think about the neurotransmitters. Well, first of all, their main hub is actually in your gut, your neurotransmitters, serotonin, dopamine, epinephrine, norepinephrine, there's way more of those. They're responsible for every decision you make in a day. So happy, mad, sad, glad, they decided it for you. Uh, if you're super foggy in a meeting, that was a neurotransmitter response. If you are on point and man, I was doing what I needed to do today. I've got to figure out what I did so I can repeat it tomorrow. That was a neurotransmitter response. Symptoms of anxiety, depression, uh, attention deficit, all coming from an imbalance of your neurotransmitters. Their hub is in your gut. If you're having regular gut issues, it could be minor. You're affecting, your brain is being affected by it. It's, it's your, your control and your ability to focus <coughs> is being affected by that gut environment. So if you are someone that deals with regular gut issues, you want to go after that to try to correct that faster than you can do anything. So we're always looking for that, what can I build mitochondrial energy with? What can I have more mental clarity with? What can I, what ginseng can I take? What can I get to get that mental boost? Fix your gut. If your gut is off, your brain is off. You will never be as clear as a healthy gut will get you. Uh, my old trainer growing up used to always say, you're, you're, you're only as strong as your weakest link, Debbie. And I was always so trapped dominant, so forward shoulder. It's like, if you don't put the time into the stretching, you'll never be where you want to be. You can lift all day long, but if you don't take the time to do it, if you don't change this environment and make this a healthy environment, this will never be a healthy environment. So we might try to do all the right things to be as mentally clear as possible, but yet we're not correcting that gut environment. So understand that's super important. So when we think about building the serotonin or building the dopamine, building those neurotransmitter levels, we have to look at how we're balancing our palate. Certain foods create a build of serotonin. Certain foods create a build of dopamine. And certain foods don't. So if we tend to kind of have a plate full of this instead of this, we're going to end up doing a really good job of building one, of somewhat good job building here, but then these guys are going to be, and your brain's going to be like that. And your brain's going to be just like your food. If your blood sugar's off, your brain is off. Because if you're not taking in balanced nutrients that are balancing your blood sugar, you're not balancing your brain. So you may have more serotonin, not enough dopamine. More dopamine, not enough serotonin. 
that's going to lend you a whole host of symptoms. And those symptoms could be depression, anxiety, attention deficit. They could also be cravings. Think about an alcoholic. When he decides to go into a treatment center or she decides to go into a treatment center, there's a reason that they get put on a medication in the beginning. You know, maybe it's short term just for a week, but it's to help with that lack of response that they're having in the brain that the alcohol was supplying. Sugar's the same thing. When you first go to cut sugar out, and you're like, okay, maybe you're doing a no sugar challenge with Joe, or you decide, I just don't want to have sugar anymore. There's a response that's no longer happening in your brain. Same thing as I said with the gluten. You've got to be prepared to go through that next three to seven days and just straight jacket it through and just say, I will get beyond this. There's something on the other side of this. However, the reason why most people fail at that is when they finally get to where they're at the fifth or sixth day, they don't start feeling better because they don't have balanced nutrients. They took out, they don't have enough fat in there, just took out all the carbs and they took out all the sugars and there's nothing in there to truly sustain them. What I'd like for you to understand with this is that your food, your food, I, first I thought it was my radio, I'm sorry. Your food is impacting everything. And so we, we hear so little about it when we, when we go to the doctor, when we should be hearing so much about it. So when you're thinking about how can I be more efficient at work, all right, what am I having for breakfast? When did I have a mid-morning snack? What am I having for that snack? How much water am I drinking in a day? Am I balancing my electrolytes? You have to start thinking of those things. You know, the exercise, the, you know, the, the, the discipline to get up early, all that's great only if you're fueling your body properly. So what would a day's worth of eating look like or a, a balanced anti-inflammatory, antihistamine style diet look like? Let's just talk through maybe what a typical day could be. And this would be for someone that is eating breakfast. And then I wanna to talk to you a little bit about intermittent fasting. Has anyone heard of intermittent fasting before? Yes, okay, just, just curious. Um, I mean, it's very much in the now. I've fasted with a lot of my clients that have health issues over the years, uh, but now it's super common. So if we woke up and we decided to have breakfast and we needed a super convenient option for breakfast because we cannot cook anything, we would have a couple different options. Think about what we could do and just throw in a blender. We would need a good quality protein source, a good quality fat source, a good quality carb source. Pizza. Pizza for Joe, yes. How he gets through it, I don't know. So we think about a good quality protein source. What are our options? Well, we could do whey protein, but that would be derived from milk fat. So if we're thinking we even have a little bit of a sensitivity, I would hold off on the whey protein and I would do egg white protein. And you can get the same quality source. It can be organic. It can be free of any estrogens or hormones, the same exact way. Yep. Have you looked at the Jocko uh, nutrition line? I have it. No, I didn't even know he had one. Yeah. Yeah. But I'd be happy to. Like, you guys can send that or post it in your, your uh, group thing, and I'll just, like, chat back and forth with you guys on it. You know, just post labels in there uh, that you have questions about, and I'll just answer questions for you. And the thing is, maybe you'll do fine with whey protein, but if you're experiencing some of those symptoms I mentioned, take it out for a couple weeks and see if it doesn't change things. And if it does, then you've, you've got to know, okay, well, I'm going to have ice cream with my kids every two weeks but I'm not going to do these three things I'm doing every single day. Does that make sense? Now we could do hemp protein, we could do collagen protein. There are gonna be, pro this is for quick 
easy access protein sources, something that could be blended. There's a difference between egg white protein and collagen protein. Collagen protein is like medicine to your body. It's going to improve joints, it's going to improve bone density, it's going to improve your hair, skin, and nails. If that gut environment is off, it's going to strengthen that gut lining. There's so many positives to taking in collagen. So if I had to choose between getting a convenient protein source, I would want the one that's over here making me healthier. Yeah. Peanut butter would be a fat, and I'm just about ready to talk about that, so that's a good question. Of course there is protein in peanut butter, but we wouldn't want to consider that our protein source. We would want to consider that our fat source, and that additional protein would also cumulatively help us to reach our protein goal for the day, okay? So from a convenience factor, we could blend that up in a smoothie, or we could put that collagen in our coffee and blend it up in our coffee. Now we need a good quality fat source, very much so, because that's gonna give us that long-term energy. Lots of choices for fat sources. Chia seeds, you know, they're like, there are warriors for many, many years that carried little bags of chia seeds and they would take a handful, they'd stick it in their mouth and they would get them through, you know, so many hours of battle just because it's such a quality fat source. If you just like look up like Spartan chia, you know, you'll get all these great articles and you'll be like, I'm gonna use chia seeds. I mean, you just like feel like you're gonna be stronger because of it. Because that's what I did. I started adding chia seeds just for that reason. So, but chia seeds would be an example. Flax seed would be an example. Flaxseed oil would be an example. There's flavored flaxseed oils that might richen the taste of a shake. Coconut oil would be an example of a good fat. Something like coconut oil, it is amazing for you. It has antibacterial properties. I could talk the rest of our time just about the benefits of coconut oil. It is incredibly beneficial for you. It, it, you wanna look at foods like that. Like, how can I build this shake to where it's not just gonna get me through the next three hours and not make me hungry? <coughs> this thing is gonna make me live to be 100 because I drink it every day. This thing is going to make it to where I wanna go to work every day. I, you know, I'm ready. I'm, I'm sharp, I'm doing what I need to do. That's the way I look at my ingredients. When we're thinking of quality fat sources, nut butter would be an option for a fat source. I will tell you that, so some nut butter options you would have would be almond butter, cashew butter, um, and let's just, let's just evaluate almond butter, cashew butter, or um, peanut butter, okay? Peanuts are processed by the body like a bean, all right? So they are very starchy. So if you are struggling and you're in that insulin sensitive zone, you wanna stay away from peanuts because it would spike you, all right? So if you find yourself kind of up and down, you'd be better off to do almonds or cashews, all right? Or, or almond or cashew butter. In addition, there are some folks that don't do well with beans because they can challenge your antibody levels as well. So if you're a little sensitive in the joint region where you have some joint issues, or maybe you have some gut issues, maybe eliminate beans and eliminate peanuts because that's a super high histamine producing food and it could be flaring some of that up. <coughs> a simple change from peanut butter in your shake to flaxseed oil or chia seeds or coconut oil, shoot, it could actually work towards healing the joint issues. You know, Those would be the types of questions where working with me on a regular basis, we'd just be going back and forth building that formula for you. you know, 
and or certainly asking questions along the way, I'm happy to answer. Yeah. Is there a difference between cashew butter and cashews? No, no. I mean, it, yeah, that? absolutely. Let's say you drank a cup of coffee and put some collagen in there. That's how you're getting your protein. Yeah. And then you built yourself a little bowl of berries and you wanted to eat 15 cashews with it. Yeah. Totally fine. That's a great way to get fat in. Or crumbled up those cashews on top of your fruit, right? Yeah. So, you know, 1,500 cashews. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Who could eat 15 yeah. cashews, right? That's why I don't buy them. I, I can't eat 15 cashews. <laughs> Is everybody different? Everybody. So like, Everybody. Almond butter could work for me and get cashews. Absolutely. Life because our guts are different. That's right, yeah. And ca cashews make me feel depressed. I get real down from them, which is so weird because yet I have people that are depressed <laughs> and I intentionally give them cashews and it helps them. It has L-tryptophan in there. And, but for me, it doesn't work. It puts me into like, I, I kind of don't want to leave right now. I don't want to leave the house right now. And I'm not that. I'm a hummingbird, you know. So any food that I can tell, you know, is doing that. I We're all so different. That's why I started doing what I do the way I do. And unfortunately, I haven't really met many people that do it. You know, so I'd love to tell you, hey, the guy in Atlanta, there's his name. He does it just like me. I don't know him. I don't, I don't know her. They don't do it. I just want to meet with you and learn you and learn your body. And we have, a, we have tests that we have to go through. We have some trials and just go exercise. Tell me how that went. Eat this before, eat that after. You know what I mean? And do the cashews for two weeks and tell me if there's a difference. And I'll know by everything you tell me how it went, okay? Now, our carbohydrate source. Just please understand that protein source and that fat source. If you cannot eat anything before you leave to work, leave for work, just eat that. Don't stress on the carb. You will get longer energy if you just sustain yourself with those two things. Now, I'm not saying don't get the carb, but if that's all you can get in, wait until you can find some good fat and some good protein. Don't just eat that carb by itself. You will fall flat on your face a couple hours later. And it may be not to where you're incapable of functioning, but you're definitely not functioning at the level <coughs> in which you could or should, all right? Now, good quality uh, carbohydrate source that we could throw in a shake, berries. Berries are slow to digest because of their seeds primarily, so they convert to sugar a lot slower. Uh, strawberries, blueberries, blackberries, raspberries, cherries, those would all be low fructose fruits. Some of the highest fructose fruits, 15 grams per serving, banana, apple, orange, grapes. Why do I not want so much fructose? It's gonna raise your cholesterol. Your liver is the primary worker of fructose. It bears all the brunt of it. So if you over consume on it in a day, you could end up not being overweight, but still having fatty liver disease. So my cholesterol comes from fruit? It can. Come on, Debbie. And overconsumption. <laughs> and overconsumption. Yeah. Now, it might be alcohol and some, you know, burgers and stuff. Right? I mean, I'm just saying, if that were in there with the fruit, we might have a problem. Like, yeah, yeah. What, yeah, what happens is someone will, someone will change their diet and they honestly will eliminate the alcohol. Yeah. And then they'll eliminate the bread and they're like, I've done all this and my cholesterol is still high. But they're, they're drinking a protein powder that's sweetened with fructose. Then they're putting a banana in it and then they're like, well, let's throw a mango in there yeah. too. And then, oh, well, I got some pineapple, let's throw that in there too. Yeah. Suddenly yeah. this Love one, it. right? <laughs> talking your language, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. that just for the shake yeah. and then they go for a bar mid-morning and the bar is 20 grams of fructose and then they have a like a 
you know, a hyper well-marketed water that has like, you know, fruit in it. And that's another eight grams of fructose. At the end of the day, they're at 60 to 70 grams of fructose. You should be at 15 to 20 for the day. So I'm telling you, you, you could think, I, I've made all these choices. I'm going the right direction. I've eliminated all this stuff. You even could be the weight that you want to be and still on the inside throw some things off. But I will say with that fruit, overconsumption of the wrong fruits, you probably won't be at the weight that you really want to be at. You know, because it will still kind of keep you a little bit swollen. It's just It just ultimately turns the body fat because your liver can only do so much with it. So we could use that as your carbohydrate source. Just for a quick smoothie, if we wanted to take that coconut oil, throw it in your coffee with your collagen and blend that up and then just eat that fruit on the side, totally fine, totally fine as well. Now, if we want to go out to breakfast, let's say you're going to have a breakfast meeting, or maybe you guys are on the weekend, you want to make breakfast for your kids, have three eggs. Make sure they're organic, you know, so you're not getting extra estrogen from the eggs. But you have three eggs. Throw a bunch of vegetables in the eggs and then have some fruit with that. That's a great fat source. That yolk acts as an awesome fat source. So what's the deal with cholesterol and eggs? Don't eat them with toast. Don't eat them with cereal. Because when we eat toast and cereal, not saying not to ever eat that, but I'm saying when we do, we flipped the insulin switch, right? We talked about that. Now we're in the <coughs> insulin oven and we're working from that. So that insulin oven has no use for your fat and the eggs and your cholesterol and the eggs. It has no desire to use that for energy. It wants to use insulin for energy. So that's going to be your first energy source. So guess what? All that extra fat and cholesterol, it doesn't get used like it should. And then it just heads off to the liver, stays stored in there. And then we have fatty liver disease, high cholesterol, and we're gaining body fat. Does that make sense? So coupling the food matters. You know, if you were going to have a starch, like a white potato, I'm thinking of like hash browns or something like that, um, or a grain, you know, like, like bread or something like that, you really want to have that with the leanest meat possible. So that would be egg whites, that would be um, chicken, that would be a white fish, something like that. You know, we don't want to pair that like steak and potato, which is what I grew up on, you know, so I'm not suggesting I didn't eat it my whole life. But steak and potato is kind of the worst combination because that potato is like potato sugar to your body. I don't know where you're going tonight for dinner, but don't get them together. You know, so if you're going to have steak, you want to have plenty of vegetables with that. If you're going to have a potato, you want to have chicken with that or a white fish. So, excuse me, brother, I was going to take him to like a chain restaurant. Sure. Uh, no, I'm back. Yeah. It's a vegetable. Yeah. Sure, we'll talk about red robin because that's actually a really good choice. There's a lot of, a lot, I mean, there's not a lot, but there, there, there's ways. You can navigate anywhere that you go. There is a way, I promise. I have clients that do not, I mean, they, they see their house maybe two times a week. They, they eat out every meal that they eat, and we can navigate them through it, you know. So let's say that was breakfast. You went one way or the other. <coughs> Middle of the morning, so we had that at 6 a.m. Middle of the morning, what do we want to have there? The first choice, in my opinion, is always a good fat source because the fat is going to bridge the gap from one meal to the next. It just fills that gap for you, and it just extends that energy. If we just grab crackers, you know, or if we just grab the honey, uh, oat, granola bar, that is just oatmeal, honey, rice, grains, 
we're just going to be in a position where we're going to spike that blood sugar. And there's nothing in that that's going to protect you. You're going to go into lunch flat and hungry and starved. You're going to overconsume, <laughs> And at one o'clock, you're going to be looking for something. Okay. So I would suggest the cashews mid-morning. I would suggest almonds, maybe a huge tablespoon of cashew butter, maybe dip some celery into it, or just eat the tablespoon of cashew butter. I like to take the collagen protein and mix it with my cashew butter. And then I take a small ice cream scoop and I freeze it and I make it into little cashew balls. And then by the time I get to work, it's, it's, it's unfrozen, but it's in a solid form where I can just eat it like an energy bite, but it's chocolate cashew butter then, and it has good quality protein in with it. So I would choose a fat source. Um, pumpkin seeds, olives, guacamole with vegetables, avocado, anything that could get you good, rich fat as a snack is what I would suggest. If you want to add protein to that, then do it. You know, if you want to have a coffee with collagen and coconut oil as your mid-morning snack, great. That's a great way to stay sustained. When you're talking about proteins, most of the time it's meat because you don't like cheese, like straight cheese. If you were consuming dairy, then of course, as a mid-morning snack, that could be an option. You bet. Absolutely. Organic, always, <coughs> with cheese. Hormones galore if you don't do organic. And I, of course, I would suggest organic everything, but I'm not. I'm just telling you, when it comes to dairy, don't, do not, not do organic. The estrogen build that can happen in your body is disease-causing. You know, it's why people are dealing with so many diseases. <laughs> well, you know what? It's a great question because they really are a great snack and they could fuel you, but there really isn't any fat with them. So you'd want pickles and something. So what I give Sophie, she has a section of her lunch that is pickles and olives. And so she eats the green olives and she eats the pickles. It's really a good question. And there are a lot of pickles that are actually made with the right ingredients that can work at healing your gut. You know, so Bubby's, here we have a brand called Bubby's. The fried ones, I like the fried ones. Yeah, the, yeah, oh gosh, he's just bad. <laughs> so is there a difference in um, drinking milk in the morning or milk and cereal as far as like skim 1%, 2% whole milk? If you're gonna drink milk, I would drink whole milk. Whole get, milk? get the fat from the fat it. With it. Get right. the fat from it. That's the that's the best part of it, really. Like if you're going to like if you're going to take in dairy, you might as well take in the quality fat that's in it. When yeah, when they when you go to skim milk, all they've done is strip out all that good fat and added more sugar. Yeah, they just added more sugar. Yeah, that's what you're doing. Oh, they're unsweetened. Sure, given given the opportunity. Sure, given the opportunity that you're going to try to eliminate dairy, you want to try to do a coconut milk, you want to try to do an almond milk, or even a cashew milk. We do coconut milk, it kind of has a little bit sweeter taste to it. We do it unsweetened and vanilla. We use the So Delicious brand, I think that's a pretty common brand. Whole Foods sells it. Um, but that's an option for sure. You know, I don't usually suggest drinking your calories. If you want to make your shake with coconut milk, drink it. But it's, it's like, you gotta look at that and realize. I'm taking in that many calories, that many carbs, that many fats, that many proteins, just with that one cup of what I'm having, you'd probably rather eat it, you know? And that's given that you're really trying to sharpen things. Like I want to start to cut up a little bit. I want to be able to see my abs better or, 
you know, I, I just want to feel healthier. Okay, well then let's start paying attention to some of those details. Let's make my shake with that. Let's put that in my coffee, but maybe not necessarily just like drink it to be drinking it. I'm gonna drink my water and get my water in so I stay hydrated. Now, when we're looking at lunch, where's our balance? So if we're gonna do animal protein, then we do chicken, salmon, you know, uh, a hamburger, um, you know, whatever you're gonna have, steak. Uh, I would highly recommend limiting shellfish and limiting pork because they're high, high, you know, histamine producing foods. So if you're really trying to go low histamine, then limit those. I'm not saying eliminate, I'm just saying limit because they can cause some swelling. Unlimited vegetables, unlimited. The vegetables you'd want to avoid would be potatoes, corn, peas, uh, just because of how starchy they are. Yes, because of how starchy they are. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't ever throw a couple sugar snap snow peas in with a combo of vegetables, but you have to understand if you're just eating a pile of peas, you're really spiking your blood sugar. Very, very, very quick, very quick to spike the blood sugar. Carrots are great for you, but understand the same thing. You want carrots on top of your salad so that the fiber in those green vegetables are slowing down the absorption of the sugar in the carrots, okay? Uh, if, if you, oh, I'm sorry, I thought you were raising your hand. If you, <laughs> what you need, Rosie? Um, if, so if you're, if you're eating carrots like a pile of them, I would not recommend that. You know, I wouldn't recommend just walking around eating raw carrots because they are still going to spike your blood sugar ultimately. That'd be better. That'd be better. Or guacamole. You know, guacamole would be even better because it wouldn't be as starchy. You know, that, that can be a little starchy where the guac would be just good fat. You know, it'd be really good fat. So if you're going to do carrots, like for your kids, <coughs> a couple cucumber slices, a couple carrots, couple celery slices, couple maybe bell peppers, feed them like that, you know what I mean? Or if you're sauteing vegetables, whole bunch of them, zucchini, broccoli, cauliflower, then throw carrots in, that's fine. You know, but it's just gonna spike the blood sugar and make them hungry. They're gonna be looking for food within an hour of eating that meal. So at lunchtime, how do we get good quality fat in? Olive oil, awesome for you. Trying to lose your, lower your cholesterol, olive oil will help you do that. The polyphenols in olive oil are so fantastic for you. Any restaurant will have olive oil. So when you go to Red Robin and you get a salad, you tell them no cheese and no croutons, okay? Because you don't want any dairy and you don't, you don't want any gluten, right? right? I knew you were gonna do that. I just didn't know if the rest of them were going to do that. So when you tell them that, and you don't want to have the salad dressing because it's full of soybean oil, canola oil, sugar, corn syrup, and MSG, you can ask for olive oil and vinegar and you can rid yourself of all those garbage toxins that really disturb your liver over time and cause the lymphedemia that Joe was talking about. Salad dressing at a restaurant is horrible for you, especially a chain restaurant, especially. Just, just Google it. I mean, just Google uh, O'Charlie's honey mustard dressing. Look at the ingredients. You'll just kind of be like, what is this? You know, like, what is this food? Look up um, Hidden Valley Ranch. <laughs> Look up the ingredients. There's MSG in it. So, so you do olive oil and vinegar, but there are also good quality dressings you can buy. Whole Foods sells a dressing or a brand called Primal, and you could get that on Amazon as well. 
Primal has a ranch, a Caesar, a honey mustard, everything you can think of. It's made with avocado oil, and they don't put any of that stuff in there. MSG kills your brain cells. It causes cell death. What is MSG? Monosodium glutamate. It's just a filler to kind of create almost like an excitability of the flavor. It tries to just enhance flavor. You ever had Lori seasoning salt? Maybe yeah. on French fries. Maybe. Maybe, you know, French fries that kind of have like that spicy salt on them. That's what, you know, it's to enhance the salt and, you know, and to just bring more flavor to it. But it's really, it's a brain killer. It can cause so many brain disturbances. If you have children that are dealing with attention deficit disorder, you want to make it a number one priority to get MSG out of their diet. It's causing part of it as well as food dyes, but we could go on for days on stuff like that. But at lunchtime, if you can't find a salad dressing or you can't find a formula, don't order a salad. Salads are not that great, especially at a restaurant. It's just iceberg lettuce. It's, it's not even that great for you. That's the first time for me. Right? All right. Okay. So if they have roasted broccoli, roasted asparagus, green beans, then you ask them for double steamed vegetables, triple steamed vegetables, pay whatever you need to pay. If you really like the salad and you can do it with a good, a good dressing or with oil and vinegar, do it. But honestly, most of the time they're just an agent to transfer a lot of really bad ingredients. A lot of really bad ingredients. Yes, because they're packed full of nutrient dense. Let's talk about that on a snack. So we're about to carry into the snack. So I'm gonna talk about that as an example. Um, right, I'll give you an idea. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But before I leave lunch, let's say we wanted to bring a starch into that lunch. We figured in some fat with some oil or avocado or guacamole, okay? Um, let's say I wanna bring a grain in. Probably one of the best grains you could start with would be quinoa, because it's less reactive from a gluten standpoint, okay? Brown, brown rice is still pretty cross-reactive for gluten. So if a person's really still having a sensitivity, what I mean by cross-reactive is the body takes it in, sees a similar amino acid profile, and thinks, oh, it's gluten. Really, it's brown rice. Just kidding. <coughs> you still can have a similar response, especially if you have a hypersensitive body. <coughs> so if you're still kind of having some of those joint problems, gut problems, skin problems, Cut the brown rice out for a couple weeks, then pull it back in, and if you notice that spark back up, stick with quinoa. It would be the better choice. But please understand that oatmeal and brown rice are not bad for you, but they do spike your blood sugar fast. I mean, quick. They convert to sugar, boom. Granted, they're a better source than white bread, you know, and a white potato, but that doesn't necessarily make them great for you, especially if you're just having them by themselves. So when you would have quinoa, you would want to be at a place like Chipotle or Qdoba, let's say, I'm assuming you guys have something like that, and you're getting a bowl with double vegetables, you know, your meat source, little avocado on top, and then they throw the quinoa on top. It's not a bowl of quinoa with a little bit of vegetables on top and a little bit of meat, and then they go, that's not a good idea. You know, half a cup, maybe quarter of a cup for a female, half a cup for a male, combined with all the carbs from those vegetables and maybe a little fruit on the side, that would be the better idea. My suggestion also, especially if you're trying to drop a little bit of weight, tone up a little bit, tighten up a little bit, or drop your cholesterol or your blood pressure, don't have it at nighttime. 
have it at lunchtime. You're going to burn it off. You're going to use it at nighttime. Just have a really good quality fat source and a good quality protein source with plenty of vegetables that should sustain you and not spike your blood sugar. So now as we go into the afternoon, I have a protein bakery that, that we, that is like, we're a pickup location for it. So we do muffins and cookies and brownies. The reason we started doing that was because oh, my daughter, we do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Get Okay. It was a while back. You guys were my first taste testing families that I gave wow. to. Yeah. So if you are, if you're yeah. thinking about, okay, I ate lunch at noon. I'm not going to have dinner with my family until six. Don't go until six because you are going to end up eating after dinner. If you do, you're going to be starving at eight o'clock. You're going for potato chips. You're going to go for pretzels. You're going to go for ice cream. You're going to eat something. And the reason that you're eating something after dinner is because you created that gap in the afternoon. Those gap, do you, can you see where that gap could happen? Let's say you had breakfast at six, but you didn't have that mid-morning snack. Then you ate lunch and you're starving at two o'clock. Why are you starving? You didn't do anything over here. Nothing sustained you. Or maybe you went ahead and had a candy bar or a, or a donut mid-morning, spiked your blood sugar, lunch wasn't enough to recover you, so you're starving over here at two o'clock. See how the gaps can create that? So for an athlete uh, who loves carbs, they're eating noodles and whatever, anything carby. Right. Then, but at night she's got, I'm not making food, you know, massive low carbs too. Oh, yeah, we all do. Who doesn't? Right. I mean, trust me, I do too. Yeah. Well, like in gymnastics, it's usually at night in the evening, you know, and it's long. It'll be like four hours. Yes. Four hours in summer, and she's got to do new, we call them, new skills, skills, right? Poles. Yes. What might she feel with carbs all day versus protein? Oh, it would just depend on how she would, you know, how accustomed she would get to it. She would eventually get equipped on the protein and the veggies and the fat, no problem. But you can't have her carb, carb, and then next day, fat, protein, fat, protein, fat, protein, veggies, <laughs> and then the next day, carb, 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 and expect that there's going to be a pattern of consistency. But if she got consistent with the, you bet. what would happen in the gym, if you were gym? Oh, I mean, to some extent, she might even perform better. It just depends on her and her body. For for me now, and for a lot of my athletes now, that fat sustains them incredibly, and it's made them so much more effective. But I do have athletes that don't. I have athletes that need those carbs. And at your age, you having the carbs at night, it's not going to be that big of a deal for you. You will use them. The problem is, is not just having a plate full of noodles. You need to have a plate full of vegetables, this amount of noodles, and then your good quality protein source. That's the difference, okay? Now, when we're in that afternoon snack, what she was talking about was a protein muffin. So Sophie went to first grade, they cut out her mid-morning snack, and she started falling asleep during the reading session. So I was like, I gotta find a breakfast that will fuel her. So a nutrient-dense meal, that muffin is filled with protein powder, almond flour, um, coconut oil. There's all these different layers of ingredients that are gonna work to sustain <laughs> them. That's where you guys wanna try to build something like that. Maybe you make one of those protein shakes before you leave the house. Put it in the fridge as soon as you get to work. And then in the afternoon, you have that protein powder, flaxseed oil, berry combination I told you about. Or you make yourself a cup of berries, bring some of the cashews with you. Throw a, a scoop of that collagen in your coffee in the afternoon to kind of get you and bridge that gap to get you into dinner. First and foremost, a good quality fat source is what you would look for. 
Then if you want to bring something else in, then I would bring in a protein source. Really feel like you need a carbohydrate source, consider doing vegetables. You know, if you, I would not do a starch if you can avoid it. Save the starch for the meal, you know, and, and use it and then have the rest of your day to use it, all right? When we go into the evening, if we have starch with dinner, one thing you have to understand is, again, it's going to be quicker to raise your blood sugar. So as your blood sugar spikes higher and faster, we've got to make sure we give it enough of the other stuff to protect it on the way down, all right? Because we don't want to go into sleep at that low point, and then you're not going to feed yourself for eight more hours. Or some people might even go longer before they have breakfast. So what will happen is your sleep's going to be disturbed from it. Because in the middle of the night, the blood sugar is going to start to lower. And you're just not going to get the quality sleep that you need. So making sure that you have a really nutrient-dense dinner. I would skip fruit for dinner. I would just make it really good quality fat, good quality protein, and good quality carbs. Now, if you're super hyperactive like that, just ran 10 miles, go ahead and have the starch at dinner. You know your body. If you feel heavy from it though, and you feel the next day, instead of waking up feeling better, slimmer, we all like to walk around feeling flatter. You know what I mean? If you wake up feeling more bloated, more swollen, you have to think, did that really do me any favors last night? Did I need that? Did I truly fully utilize that? If you're not utilizing it, your body's storing it. And it's going to show up in body fat or it's going to show up in cholesterol, you know? So one thing I want you to think about is sleep. I love basically everything about Jocko. He's a great guy and he always posts getting up at 4.30 in the morning or four o'clock in the morning, right? I totally respect that. I've been working my heart out for 20 years on my own, doing what I do on my own, never really having someone to support me. I had to get up at 3.30 in the morning to make something of myself. I had to be two hours ahead. Like I told you with that one job, I was the first person there. But if you don't sleep, you don't repair. So I'm a little skittish about telling everybody to get up at 4.30 in the morning. You're going to bed at eight o'clock, 8.30, nine o'clock, getting up at 4.30 in the morning and getting that full night's rest and making sure you're restoring your body, awesome. If you're going to bed at midnight and you're getting up at 4.30, you will fall apart and you're going to die. Your system is not restoring. I'm telling you, it's serious. Your adrenals are gonna collapse. You will make yourself very, very sick from that lack of sleep. Your system can't do it. When you go to bed, your body is ready. It goes from organ to organ and it's like, shut down, calm down, regenerate, restore, all right? If you eat right before you go to bed, like 9.30 and then you go to bed at 10, guess what? You just took two hours out of that restorative time because the body is saying, can't do it yet. Keep put the food in. So now pancreas, do your thing. Liver, do your thing. Stomach, intestines, it's your turn. And next thing we know, we went to bed at 10, and it's not until 1 o'clock before our body's actually relaxed. So don't Right before. I always recommend trying your hardest to have about a three-hour time frame whenever possible before sleep. So if you were going to bed at 10, if you could have dinner at 7 or try to be done with dinner by around 7 or 7.30, that would be very, very helpful to you. If you are eating right before bed, you're losing that first few quality hours of really restoring your body. Now, if you're not sleeping and you're staying up until midnight and you're doing the four o'clock thing, 
I'm telling you, no matter what effort you put on your nutrition, no matter what effort you put in the gym, at some point your body is going to say, no dice. Like, it's going to be done. And I've done it. I've lived it. I've had every excuse in the book for why I couldn't go to bed, you know, and I had every reason why I should stay up. But you just have to make it a priority. You will be so much more clear the next day if you get it in. I understand there's probably going to be two days out of the week where it's, it's going to be five hours. I get that. And I'm telling you, the next day, get it back in. Get the sleep in. Repair yourself. It can save you so much inflammation in your body. So when you say sleep eight, give it the opportunity, but gosh, at least seven and try for seven so as eight. best as possible. Yeah. Some, <coughs> some people do better than others. You know what I mean? Some people can do four days at five hours, but I don't buy it. I bet if I took those people and didn't allow them to live that way for a month and I forced them into my little farm community where I brainwashed them into sleeping eight hours. I bet they would be so much more effective than they thought they could be. My athletes, I always tell my athletes, especially my high school athletes, when it's like, get the phone, turn it off. Like, put it in your drawer. You have got to sleep. If you don't sleep, you will not perform the way you should. You know, and the ones that really, truly do it, they're better because of it. You know, they really are. And most of you, I'm sure, have children. And I know I've, I've heard you make some comments, but, you know, over the years, I have worked with so many different age groups, and of course, some of it was athletics, you know, and to try to improve their athletics, and then some of it was to keep them from having to go on medication or to help them to be more clear in school. But the athletes that I have worked with, they started young. They started at, at their age, you know, and what I hear is exceptions. I hear, well, you know, I mean, they're in the sixth grade. I don't want to keep them from this, or I don't want to keep them from that your choice, but the reality is, is you're actually the only one that can choose this for them. They're modeling what you give them. So if you can start changing it now, you can create a whole different plan for them for the rest of their life. You know, you could clear a totally different path that maybe they didn't even see possible just because of that food. You know, it genuinely could change their life. Mark Hyman just said the other day on a post, he's a great guy to follow, a great functional medicine doctor. It's, it's Mark Hyman. And he said most adult cancers are built by childhood diets. And it's because parents don't know what to feed their kids because marketing is amazing. You know, I mean, all natural, you know, corn syrup free. And well, that doesn't mean it doesn't have dextrose and sugar and maltodextrin and corn syrup in, or, uh, or uh, molasses in it. It just means it's corn syrup free. But because we see that on the front of the package, we now think it's totally okay to give our, to our kids because it's all natural. But what we have to do is flip the package over and look at the ingredients. And I'm telling you, if there's even <laughs> one thing you can't pronounce, even one thing, Google what it is. And if you're like, what? Why would that be in the food? You know, don't buy it. Don't buy it, you know, at all. And, and don't eat it for you, but especially don't give it to your kids because their body doesn't recognize it. And that stuff is going to get built up in their systems and it's going to create allergies. It's going to create issues, stomach issues. It's going to create disease at some point. So I really want to open up for some questions. I'm going to give you guys a packet. This is a presentation I did a while ago. And it, please ignore the cover. It's about a ketogenic diet, but the packet is not. What I like about the packet is that it's going to tell you about alcohol. 
what happens when you drink alcohol. It's going to talk to you about an estrogen belly, not a beer belly. And when people say I have a beer belly, what they really have is an estrogen belly. And what does that actually mean for your health? There's a great article about that in here. Why would you take magnesium on a regular basis? What would magnesium do for you? Um, what would you know amino acids on a regular basis do for you? What you know what can leaky gut and gluten? How can that impact your brain and your neurotransmitter levels? The way I had mentioned. So this is just kind of little snippets of information. And because I had extra, I thought you know let's pass this out. So I'll just pass this around. Let you guys pass it around to each other. So and then uh, we're going to give you a cookbook. My cookbook is set up to be more like a in the beginning, a motivational way to stay committed to eating healthy. So as you read through the beginning, it'll have some suggested meal plans. My suggestion would just be go to the back and try to find some ways of making chili or making sloppy joes or making a meatloaf that would just be better for your family. So that's what the cookbook will do for you. And then I'll give you my card so that you guys have it. Um, this, thank you. This is my personal cell phone number that's on here. So should you have a question about what I do, how I do it, I'd really be more than happy to kind of break it down for you and explain kind of the dynamic of how I go about it. Um, so ask questions. I'd like to answer a lot of questions. We're talking about going to Red Robin for dinner tonight. If I went to Red Robin for dinner tonight, this doesn't mean you have to order this, but what I would order, I'm sorry, what I would order is a lettuce wrapped hamburger because they do it and it's so good. It's, it's good. They put tomato and pickle and onion in there and their bread is bad. Like you don't want to eat the bread. Their bread is bad. It doesn't mean don't ever eat bread for as long as you live. It's just their bread is bad, you know, and nothing against them. It just doesn't have good quality ingredients in it. So given the opportunity that you go to a restaurant like that and they offer a lettuce wrap, do it. That's great. And it's it's delicious and easy to eat. Avoid the ketchup because it's just going to have corn syrup in it and just have them put mustard on it instead. You know, and then at a place like that, you could get steamed vegetables as your side. No problem at all. They do have sweet potato fries there, which would be better than regular fries. But remember that they're deep fried in soybean oil or peanut oil high, high histamine producing fats, but also those are the dangerous fats that are going to raise cholesterol and cause cardiovascular disease. If we're going to have fat, we're going to want to consume avocado oil, olive oil, coconut oil, things like that. Do you okay. like regular sweet potatoes? Yes, absolutely. It's That's a great way. The white potato. I do. Yeah. The white potato will convert to sugar so much faster. So I would suggest sweet potato over it. Definitely. But remember, when you're thinking about the peas and the, and the corn, you want that sweet potato with some broccoli, cauliflower, zucchini, green beans. You want to slow down the absorption of that sweet potato. You also don't want this sweet potato that you sometimes get at the Texas Roadhouse place. You know, they get these giant ones. You don't want that. You want this one. You know what I mean? So, yeah, sweet potatoes are a good option. But remember, that's a glycogen-building carbohydrate. So if we don't use all that glycogen that we build, we're very likely to store body fat from it. Now, if you're going out to lunch and having a sweet potato, but then going to jujitsu, and then later on that night, you're going for a run with friends, the sweet potato is going to be destroyed. You're using it. That's a good thing. Yes. You know, but if you are waking up on a Sunday morning 
and you know you're just gonna kind of kick back, you're not even going to mow the yard that day, you're gonna read a book, you're just gonna relax, your kids are out of town, you're just gonna chill out. That might not be the best day to have multiple layers of glycogen building carbohydrates. You, you just you might not do anything to really utilize them. Just have like an yeah, one. 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 Yeah. Cut it up. Right. <laughs> yeah. Which one? Unsweet tea? Oh yeah, absolutely. And like when you're thinking about you could put stevia in it if you wanted to. If you when you're thinking about tea, given the opportunity to do to do green tea, anytime I think about putting some in my body, where can I get the most benefit from the ingredients? Right? Okay, black tea is not bad for you by any means, but there are some that are better than others. Green tea, it's actually very beneficial for you. So if you can equip yourself to say, well, I'm going to go from having black tea to green tea, I've already started to add more antioxidants in that. Yeah, I mean, that's what I mean. Like, go for something like that instead of just lifting black tea. You know what I mean? Do something that's going to equip you differently, right? I know. And then coffee, highly, highly sprayed with pesticides. Highly sprayed with pesticides. So you really want to make, not, not cutting coffee, any opportunity you can get it organic, you want to do it organic. You know, and uh, Paul Newman's, Paul Newman's is a really good coffee that is super easy to find. They sort of like sell that at all the local stores, but there's plenty of organic coffee you can find. I mean, Chicken wings? I mean, we. I put a lot of my clients on chicken wings. It's the, it's the sauce, right? And no salad, right? But uh, it's. Uh, he's signing up before he leaves. He's like, whatever, I'll do it. Yeah. The chicken wings. It's the sauce. It's just going to be the sauce, you know. So honey, honey barbecue. That's the one you don't want. What you want is as close to the hot basic sauce that you can get. If you could make them at home, Frank's hot sauce, yep. roll them in Frank's hot sauce, golden. That would be perfect. Yep. You know, because there's nothing wrong with Frank's. You could do some olive oil and some Frank's hot sauce to thicken it up a little bit. No problem at all. Yes. Beer would be liquid bread. So if we're not going to eat bread all the time, then do we want to drink it? It's going to be the same response. You know what I mean? Wine would be like little sugar cubes in a cup. You know, remember I told you grapes were high in fructose? So we're just adding a lot of fructose. We're adding a lot of sugar, okay? Um, so I thought wine would be whole mega sugar. Oh, well, yes. The driest of driest would be the lowest form of it. But it's still derived from a grape. Yeah. You know? I you just <laughs> 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 To be completely honest with you, if someone said, what should I drink or what choice, I would say get a Pellegrino or a Perrier and maybe do like a Belvedere vodka, throw some olives in it, you know, uh, maybe throw some lime in it, throw some lemon in it. That would be my first choice. How does that have for What about bourbon? You just tried it. You just have to think, you know, is there, like, what configures it? Like, are there syrups that go into creating it? Like what makes it? So your body's going to end up converting it to sugar faster. Now, that's all just metabolically speaking. Now you have to think about the alcohol. So 
was alcohol, I mean, were your bodies created to break down alcohol? I mean, alcohol is gasoline to your system. So if you're really dealing with issues in your body, you have to think about, should I be consuming gasoline every day? What's what makes you go? Right? <laughs> exactly. Like, so Sides on fire with alcohol. So you just got to consider that. I would say if you were going to choose something metabolically that would have the slowest issue or the least amount of issues, that would be my suggestion. If it's not alcohol free, though, so you're still having that histamine response, yeah. you know. So just think about that. Um, then, in addition to that, hormones change, especially from beer. I mean, beer is just such a hormonal shifter. So if you've just been dealing with this for so long and you can't seem to get rid of it, no matter how hard you try, or if your chest is actually starting to grow in ways you don't want it to grow, it's estrogen and alcohol is a biggie for that. And that article will be really good for you for that. So, oh, and I'm not just getting to that sleep. I, I can't repeat what I read, but I read something that said basically that alcohol Oh, sure, because think about, like I like what I said with the food. <laughs> think about what happens when you have the food. I mean, if you have the alcohol, it's it's gasoline it's trying to break down then. It's definitely going to throw you off. It throws off your brain. Think about the neurotransmitter levels that get changed when you drink alcohol. You know, there. Am I trying to make everyone quit alcohol completely? No, I mean, I don't drink, so I've done it, you know, because I wanted to be healthy. Trust me, before they found out what was wrong with me, I had a drink every night of my life, every single night. I feel like in the financial community, it should be legal, but it didn't help me. It made me so much worse. And until I cut it out, I wasn't well. And I have so many clients that do perfect on their food and perfect on their exercise and they get nowhere because the alcohol keeps stopping them. And so many people will say everything in moderation. I've come to the place where I literally despise the word moderation because poison is poison, rather it's brought into your body moderately or not. So to me, it's just an excuse or another why for wanting to have something bad. Like you need to just say, I just wanna consume poison. I don't care about don't tell me you want to be balanced and you want moderation and you want all that. Just don't tell me that. Just say I want to consume poison and I don't want you to give me crap about it. I just want to consume it. Okay, then consume it. But there's no need for poison and moderating it and balancing it is garbage. And your body's going to feel like garbage because of it. So understand, you know, if you really want to feel better and you want to look better and you want to be the best you can be, Give yourself three months where you just take all this junk out of you. See how different you could feel. Most people have no clue. They have no clue how, how good they could feel. And then all of a sudden, they'll kind of pull a little here, or pull a little there, which I'll guide them through that on how to do that. And then they'll go, wham, I can't believe that affected me like it did. I was on my back. I mean, I felt horrible. And then they're like, I just felt like that all the time back then. And I just found a way to be okay with it. You know, and 
maybe none of us are old anymore. <coughs> none of us should be walking around feeling old. You know, we just, we really shouldn't. What about if you do any hours <laughs> yeah, that will do it. Yeah, that will do it. But, you know, again, let's say you're doing that much jiu-jitsu, and then you're going home, and you're having a drink every night before you go to bed. You're just asking for your body to just be tore apart. You know, why create the discipline for jiu-jitsu, but then not have the discipline when you go home, you know, to not do that? So I'll, I'll answer as many questions as you guys want, but I just want to read this last thing to you. This, I, I've read, I, I've given this book to so many clients, but I've also read this to all of my trainers. This is very uh, important for us as a company. It's the application of discipline. I don't know if you guys have this book, but if you don't, you should get it. It's a great book. Discipline starts with waking up early. It really does. But that is just the beginning. You absolutely have to apply it to things beyond waking up early. It is working out every day, making yourself stronger, faster, more flexible, and healthier. It is eating the right foods to fuel your system correctly. It is disciplining your emotions so you can make good decisions. It's about having the discipline to control your ego so it doesn't get out of hand and control you. It is about treating people the way you would like to be treated. It is about doing the tasks you don't want to do, but you'll, you know they will help you, so you do them anyways. Discipline is about facing your fears so you can conquer them. Now, this is the most important part to me and what I really stress for my clients and for my staff. Discipline means taking the hard road, the uphill road, to do what is right for you and for others. So often, the easy path calls us to be weak for that moment, to break down another time, to give in to the desire and the short-term gratification. And I'm telling you, that's what happens with people with their food all day long. They don't want to take the uphill, back, the uphill road anymore. They want the easy road. That's what moderation is for them. The uphill road is too hard, so they want to moderate. And that moderation is just bringing poison in them. Discipline will not allow that. Discipline calls for strength and fortitude and will. It won't accept weakness. It won't tolerate a breakdown in will. Discipline can seem like your worst enemy, but in reality, it's your best friend. It will take care of you like nothing else can, and it will put you on the path to strength, health, and intelligence, and happiness. And most important, discipline will put you on the path to freedom. Discipline with your food and with your exercise will change your career. And I cannot believe more corporations don't talk about it. I worked in it. I lived in it. My boss and I were poisoning ourselves all day long. He was sick all the time, you know, but we did it. We got through our days. How much better, how much more effective could we have been for our clients? How much more money could we have made them had we nailed this thing down, you know, when I was back in that? I go all day long and I'm always thinking of ways to grow this business. I'm always thinking of ways to change people's, change people's lives and to make them healthier. And I'm passionate about it, but the only way I can do it is because I'm disciplined with what I put in my body. Before we came here, I ate green beans, rice cauliflower, and olive oil. And I brought it with me in a cooler because I knew I could not go this long and be effective for you guys if I didn't. I packed my supplements. I took CoQ10 at noon because I knew it would sharpen me when I talked to you. I took, you know, a couple of different brain supplements. I took some things that I knew would help me to be sharper. I had to take the time last night to get out of my chair and wrap up those supplements and make sure I was ready for today. I had to blend up my shake last night to know I'd wake up in the morning, have it so I'd feel good, break my fast today, so I'd be the best that I could for you guys. 
We can go the rest of our lives making excuses for why we can't do this. We really can. And you manage folks and their money. And I could be your client and I could tell you, but you just don't understand. I had an investor bail out on me. I had this happen. I had that happen. I don't have any money to give you for my IRA right now. If I give you that, we'll close, right? And you're either you're going to be like, Debbie, you're going to spend the rest of your life telling me the same exact story. You're going to have to start giving me something because you've got to start somewhere, right? So start somewhere with your food. Start small. Start by eliminating gluten. Start by eliminating dairy for two weeks, three weeks, and just see how you feel. If you want to completely change it, and say, no, I, I want to drink from that cup. I want to totally change things. Then hire someone like me, you know? We'll change it. We'll change it for your family. I'll teach you how to feed your kids, you know? But be ready when you do it. You know, be ready to make a change. And you're the only one that can, that can make changes because your choices, every choice, every meal, every decision, it has a consequence to it. Every single one of them. You know, and it, it can take you on a path of clarity and really becoming better, or it can. And if you're in a, an executive level, you're always trying to get that next leg up. That's why you hire someone like Joe, right? Uh, I mean, that's why you're doing, you know, half the things you're doing. Our doctor does NAD supplements for executives to try to clear their brain and really improve their brain clarity. Half of those guys doing those treatments, they, they don't eat right. And he always tells them, you can do this treatment, but you need to go see someone and figure out how to eat every day. You're trying to get ahead at what you're doing, make the food a priority. And don't think that you know, have to know how to do it. You guys know that someone should not be managing their own money. That whole phase where everybody's like day trading and doing their own thing, how'd that work out for everybody? It didn't work out, right? You guys know that you're needed. And there's a reason we pay you a percentage every year. Don't try to figure this thing out on your own, right? Like Joe's like, I drink red wine every night. I didn't think it had sugar in it. It does. <laughs> I know, but I'm just saying, you could easily be doing things that just removing that could make such a difference, but you don't know it, you know? Right? <laughs> uh, right. Well, what questions? I mean, do you all have questions? A lot of times people can really learn from other people's questions too in their situations. Do you take a lot of supplements? Well, there's so many out there, it's hard yes. to be like, navigate ones. Yes. Brands? And knowing the brand, first thing with supplements is don't get it from Target, Walmart, Sam's Club, Costco. Those are our stores, so I don't know what yours are, but don't do that. You don't want soy in your ingredients. You don't want corn in your ingredients. You don't want sugar in your ingredients, dextrose, any of those things. You want to be able to look at an ingredient, excuse me, and say, okay, I, I can pronounce everything that they encapsulated that with. That's super important. Because if you're going to spend all that time all week long trying to be clean with your food, you don't want to ruin it by what you just took in. We, the vitamin D at the grocery store is, it's, it's made with corn oil. I mean, corn oil, it's terrible for you. Don't take it in through a pill. Now, basic, uh, basic standards that I suggest is replacing your electrolytes every day, not through Gatorade, uh, but through a quality electrolyte supplement. If you're gonna put it in your drink and make sure it's made with stevia, we don't want sucralose, we don't want aspartame, we don't want erythritol, uh, nothing like that. 
or do something. Hammer Nutrition is a great website. They sell things like Endurolites, pills that are just electrolytes. <coughs> Taking magnesium on a regular basis is great for you. It helps to lower blood pressure, helps you to sleep more soundly. It helps with muscle contraction, keeps you from getting cramps. Uh, it's really good for making sure you go to the bathroom every day. You know, just standard magnesium every day is very beneficial. Vitamin D. Most people are low in vitamin D and they have no idea. It has so much to do with your brain and how you feel every day, your mood, your immune system being strong. If your doctor has not ever checked your vitamin D level, get your vitamin D level checked. Make sure you get your vitamin D level checked because it truly has so much of an impact on how you feel. Um, Vitamin C, standard vitamin C. Then you can go into things like probiotics. If you're having gut issues, of course you need probiotics. Do not get the kind that's at your local drugstore. Go to a really high quality, you know, health foods store and get a good quality probiotic. If you're trying to avoid dairy, do not get the one that's in the refrigerated case. Get the one that's shelf stable because then it's dairy free. I like the brand Garden of Life. That is a great, great brand. That's a general good brand. Get your vitamin D from there, magnesium. That's just a really good brand. And they're reasonably priced. And that that was actually, that's the giant. Um, that was actually, <laughs> that was actually created by a gentleman who had severe health issues, that company. Um, and he almost died. And so he created that line. You know, there are other products uh, that could take you steps further, but you want to work with someone to kind of guide you through those products because they could just be expensive, you know, and it may not even be helping. Potentially, it could See, be harming you. Studies like right, they help or right. You know, you're just paying them out, and right? Not getting any benefits, and so it's, you don't know. it's the truth. And sometimes you have to trial things. <laughs> Honest to goodness, those supplements can never outwork a bad diet. They can never overcome a bad diet. So if you're eating poorly, the supplement, it's again, you're only as strong as your weakest link. So the supplement isn't going to outperform this bad diet. So about Greek yogurt, I know you don't like dairy, does that just if you were, protein in it? If you were going to choose a yogurt, that would be a better one to choose, but you really have to look at the ingredients. You want a Greek yogurt that's like three ingredients, that's it. And they're hard to find, and you usually can only find them at, at, at like a Whole Foods or something like that. So that's the key. It, it isn't so much about the dairy. Granted, if you feel like it's about what's in it, you know, what's in it? I mean, what are you actually consuming in that yogurt? And how many sugars are involved to make it taste like strawberry? You know, things like that. So my wife's been taking collagen in her coffee for about two years. Good. She loves it. That's and, um, great. I don't drink coffee because it's fundamentally mm -hmm. weak. What can I put collagen in? I've never thought to take hot tea, water. Oh, the beer you I mean, I can just put it in water. water. Yeah, really? it, it just dissolves. It dissolves really well okay. in hot liquids. Okay. You know, so that would be the only reason you would do it in, in hot. But okay. I mean, hot tea if you wanted to. Okay. If you drink an iced tea every day, put it in there. I really just drink water. Put it in your water. Okay. Yeah, just okay. put it in your water. Cool. It's no problem. No problem at all. Collagen is amazing for you. You know, if you really just need to start with some good quality protein in the morning, a good brand, I like Vital Proteins. So that's something you could get on Amazon. Um, if that is an unflavored version, Primal, that brand Primal that I told you about with the salad dressings and the mayonnaise, Primal has a chocolate and vanilla version. That's going to be sweetened with monk fruit and stevia. 
Oh, good, yeah. Now, when you're getting monk fruit or stevia, I need you to look at the ingredients, okay? Because just because it says monk fruit on the front doesn't mean it's a good one. And just because it says stevia doesn't mean it's a good one. So that stevia should basically just read organic stevia or just stevia leaf. It should, it should not have maltodextrin. It should not have dextrose in it. It should not have all these other filler ingredients in there. So be super careful with that because you can think that you're doing yourself some good by having that, but if it has those filler ingredients, make sure. And you know, if you're not sure, take a picture of it when you get home, post it in the group chat, and then tag me to it so I know that you've posted it, and I'll look at those ingredients, and I'll tell you why it would be good or wouldn't be good, and maybe send you a picture of one that is. Sure, yeah, I'm all for it. So Jamie actually found Debbie, um, and Jamie did, how many years did you think? Four years, Jamie. Four. What's that? Four. Four years, and she did, um, I mean, she did the program, the nutrition program, the whole thing, just you, I think, right? And it changed a lot, and then she kind of <coughs> changed everything with what I was doing and stuff, and it was down to the kids, and, you know, I was just telling you guys, because a lot of you guys are just kicking notes, which is great. Um, but, uh, I mean, she's worth every penny. I mean, you're probably worth more. I don't want to say that because I don't jack the price up. Right. Um, and if, you know, if it's too much to do individually, really consider the group. I mean, group coaching, we all know, like, with uh, uh, money, it works. You know, so we engage with her after. Um, I just couldn't tell you. I, I can't think of anything else you can engage in probably in the next six months that would impact you as much as the nutrition. I mean, that's the time because we've gone through it, right? Yeah, I didn't know. and he came to me for nutrition. I helped him lose 100 pounds. Um, and he just, his food was just horrible. I mean, it wasn't that bad. It was like three pounds of sour patch kids a night. <laughs> 200 <laughs> ounces of water. You know, the watch just to stay with me. You know, keep going. Yeah, you know, other than that, it was kind of clean stuff like McDonald's. Granola bar because we're not going to have the oatmeal and the rice in it 
they're going to have all the honey in it. The reason why it would be higher in fructose is just because figs and dates, they're just much higher in fructose. You know, so you just have to think, right? So you have to think, okay, I, I probably should cut something like that out and just do the cashews, gotcha. maybe a bowl of berries, yeah. if I am trying to slim up a little bit. Are they better than cliff bars? Yes, okay. by all means. Gotcha. By all means. For supporting the immune system, yeah. just stay as anti-inflammatory, anti-histamine as you can. So that would mean avoiding gluten, corn, soy, dairy, pork, shellfish, anything artificial, anything artificial. You know, if you look at something and it completely doesn't even make sense to you, don't eat it. You know, do not eat it. Salad dressings would be terrible. You know, you get the primal, the dressing or the mayo, something like that, or just don't eat salads, roast your vegetables, you know, saute them, do something different, you know. But, I mean, those are your main immune system triggers. And artificial sweeteners, food dyes, meat curing, any cured meat, you know, bacon that's uncured and no sugar added is a totally different piece of meat than normal, regular bacon. It's cured with garbage, and that garbage creates disease in your body. Got to be careful with that. That would be a major immune system responder. It'd be meat curing, hot dogs, bacon, sausage, things like that. It would legitimately have to say all beef, uncured, no sugar added hot dog. Whole Foods has it. They have one. Um, or it would have to say uncured, no sugar added bacon. They have it. It's out there. Bacon's it is, yes. They make turkey bacon too, that's that way as well. But if you're going to eat bacon, yeah. that's the one you want to choose. Because then we're not we're not having cell death while eating the you know the pork that's already producing a histamine response. So no soy at all. So no like tofu, you don't like that. That would be if you were going to have if you were going to have soy, that would be the better choice. But the soybeans and the soy milk and the soy lecithin and all yeah. those fillers, they're just producing bad estrogen in your body, you know? And those bad estrogens end up leading to things like breast cancer, ovarian cancer. You know, I mean, just, just want to be cautious with that, yeah. for sure. Yeah. You have great questions. I'm proud of you. That's, that's very important. I'm so glad you mentioned that because this is important for you guys. Table salt, don't do it. Remove it from your house because that's just sodium. Celtic sea salt or pink Himalayan sea salt is mineralized, so it's fully balanced. So we're going to have sodium, potassium, calcium, magnesium, chloride, all balanced in that salt instead of just consuming sodium. That would help to replace your electrolytes. So if you're going for a soccer game or for a meat or whatever, pinch a little bit of that in your water so that you're balancing your electrolytes while you're drinking the water. Where's kosher salt called that? It would, ha you'd have to make sure, you would have to make sure that there's a mineral balance on it. Gotcha. So you have to be able to look at that salt and look at like on our salt, it says vital mineral blend. So if I just ran up to the quick store and bought sea salt, it doesn't mean I'm getting those gotcha. minerals. You would have to look at yours, and if it would refer to minerals, then you know that you're getting what you need. That's a great question, because they needed to know that. Table salt, it's not helping us at all. So, anything else? These are good questions. 
Well, thank you guys. Thank you. Yeah. I'm so glad that you all came, and I, I really am happy that I could help, and I, I'd love to be able to help you further, you know, so whatever I can do.